There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Here we go with edition number 182 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, yes, if only. In my own mind, the Golden Gopher Football Review and Preview Edition with Daniel House from Gophers Guru in just moments. As we get rolling, a reminder, ask, I guess, to rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple and Spotify And please tell your family and friends all about the pod. Plus, don't forget, Minnesota Sports Chat, now available on the YouTube machine. Just search Minnesota Sports Chat, subscribe, and enjoy. At Daniel House MN on the X machine, gophersguru.com. How you doing? Feeling a little refreshed today? I actually feel very refreshed. I got after it yesterday, got the Northwestern game all broke down and previewed and got the preview out for the fans. So I'm pumped for the game. Well, I'm feeling refreshed, Daniel. I slept well and I have a great cup of coffee in front of me, courtesy of my friends at Beans Coffee Company, who always support Minnesota Sports Chat and they help provide great tasting coffee to the masses. Also, some big things happening at Beans Coffee Company. We'll get into that down the road. Check out all their amazing blends, and you're sure to get something that you'll love. Get you going in the morning. Tastes great all day long, and in general, just make you feel good by drinking a wonderful product. See all the blends, light, medium, and dark roast at coffeebybeans.com. You can order by the bag or even set up a coffee subscription. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT, and you'll save at checkout. Beans Coffee Company ships anywhere in the U.S. with free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. Again, the website, coffeebybeans.com. The promo code, SPORTSCHAT. British Brooks alongside May, trips to the right. Drake steps up, now uses his feet, slings it downfield, over the top for McCollum, who hauls it in for the touchdown, Carolina. Beth Moen's on the call on ESPN. Daniel, aside from a few picks, which I think can be coached out of him, Drake May sure looks the part of an NFL quarterback, at least to me. I don't know about to you, but at least to me, he looks the part. He has the it factor, whatever that is. That first touchdown pass, rolling out to the right, throwing on basically one foot and delivering an absolute dime. Man, it stinks that it comes against the Gophers, but... That's really fun to see when you see it executed at that level. That was just beautiful. The scrambling ability was the thing we talked about coming into the game. You can't let him extend plays. You need to keep the pocket contained. They did that throughout portions of the game, but he will make you pay when you lapse just a couple of times, and that was the case. I thought the first one, you know, safety nailing down, get beat over the top, slip out of the pocket a bit. Other one, you got to take a time out there. You got sub package coming on the field. You get burned over the top. 
the other one you just get beat deep i mean it you look at those big plays they all happened relatively early in the game i actually thought the defense played with very good physicality generating push getting some hits on drake may i mean they they hit him pretty good that one by the sideline they definitely said when you get a chance and he's scrambling out of the pocket be sure to to lay the big hit because uh, they did that. I, I thought that May, you know, the, the big thing with him coming into the season that I wanted to see was pocket presence when he has to stay in there, when he can't scramble. And I feel like that's the challenge for him as he gets ready for the NFL draft process is figuring out how to throw from the pocket and feel and move and not have that instinct to just instantly move out of the pocket. I thought when the Gophers kept him contained, it was a totally different ball game. But when he slipped out, and that's the trait you're looking for in the modern NFL is the ability to slip out of the pocket and extend. And that was kind of the X factor difference that allowed May to hit on some of those big plays. This was such an odd game as the Gophers fall in Chapel Hill 31 to 13, because on many levels, the Gophers did some things well, I think more defensively, but they still gave Mm -hmm. up. 31 points, but I think a lot of that is an extension of two things. Drake May being Drake May, Caroline having some talent. I guess that's 1A and 1B. And the offense never really being able to sustain anything in opportune uh, turnovers for the Gophers. And it puts the defense back in, in bad positions and the Gophers just multiple times not being able to sustain drives. And at the end of the day, that's how you lose to a quality opponent, 31 to 13. And House, I'm having a real difficult time really evaluating how I feel about the game and where the Gophers are right now. Because I've said multiple times, and again, sorry, this is repeating a talking point. I think the Gophers, by and large, and you can say this is making excuses, and maybe it is. By and large, I think they went into this season 0-3, assuming you would lose to North Carolina, Michigan, and Ohio State. That doesn't mean you can just write those games off and not take anything out of them. This game was there for the taking, and the Gophers could be 3-0 at this moment. But if you don't do things like, well, complete passes, third down efficiency was awful, 25%, and you keep putting your defense in a bad spot, that's how what we all think to be a pretty good defense gives up 31 points. It's You nailed it on that. I mean, the offense ties into the defense, too. There were opportunities for the offense to hit some explosives. You look at 21 to 13 late in the third quarter, uh, the deep shot to Brockington's underthrowing, and if you nail that, you got a chance to potentially equalize the game in the third quarter and the whole flow has changed. You got that deep ball, the crooms earlier in the game where he overthrows. Uh, And then I look at that tight end delay. What a great play call in that situation in the red zone. I mean, you got the leverage set up against the linebacker, the motion indicator. You're like, man, they got man coverage. It was all there. Perfect play call. You got to throw that ball with some, you know, lead the receiver into green grass with some touch. I think that's the thing that Ethan's got to work on the most is touch and anticipation, throwing receivers open. You look at the middle of the field numbers with Ethan, it shows you that, you know, you got to anticipate and throw to a spot to let your receiver come out of the break into the ball versus waiting for the receiver to get to the spot. And then you got to try to fire that ball. You look at the stats, Ross, They have six drops on passes between zero and nine yards downfield. And some of that is concentration drop occasionally, but also I feel like the ball is right on the receiver where it's like 
need to develop some pace with the throw, you know, be able to layer the ball and not have, you know, fastballs all the time. But that's what comes with playing. You got to remember that Athens played in eight, started eight games at the college level thus far, appeared in 14. And I thought PJ actually brought up an interesting point about Athen at high school. Didn't have a lot of experience in high school due to COVID and then, you know, how much he played. So the reps that he's getting now, you know, they're going to be very valuable and there's going to be highs and lows. I mean, we talked about it on the pod. I thought people were kind of jumping the gun a little bit of like, hey, the expectation level for a guy that doesn't have a ton of starting experience. He's not just going to come in and play and not make any mistakes and have the experience level that Tanner developed over the course of time. There are going to be highs and lows and people just have to, you know, they have to work through those things. Internally. Well, and again, you may call it excuse making, but the head coach has pretty much talked about that. I don't think he would ever come right out and say this as a whole, but he has pretty much said there's going to be ebbs and flows to this season. I, I think he knows yep. there are losses on the schedule, but it's how can you continue to build this program, go forward, feel good about where the program is at, not just this year, but also continuing to put those building blocks in place for the future. I, I know you see this house. I get it too. Probably not as much as you. People will come after me for saying, well, boy, it's it's year seven. It, it shouldn't be like this. Mm-hmm. Well, I challenge people and say, look around college football. Unless you're a Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, who I know are in the Big Ten, Alabama most years. I know they're struggling a bit this year, but I'd still love to have the problems that they have. <laughs> this is college football. This is this yeah. is college football. It always has been college football. Even if your coach has been with you for a decade, you are still going to have seasons where you don't compete to win 9-10 games. And this might just be one of those for the Gophers. On eighth, and I love what you said about the touch. Excuse me, I noticed it early on to start the season. A lot of even those passes out in the flat to running backs are incredibly fast. You know, like they're they're just needs well, they're just and, and I know some of that is it, it's by design. It's how a play is run, but some of those you don't need to be throwing a ball 110 miles per hour to a guy who's five feet from you. You look at that, it's 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 a trade-off where it's like Tanner was the touch anticipation quarterback where it was like throwing people open, you know, ability to, to throw that touch fade and that ball placement on when you're running a red zone fade, like they did to Daniel Jackson, you got to lead that guy to the pylon. That's a touchdown probably there. I just went through the whole game, touchdown there, touchdown there, touchdown. Like there were opportunities available the whole game and the defense Ross, they played the run well. I mean, that was one of the talking points coming into the game, how North Carolina was able to move it on the ground against Appalachian State, and they didn't do that against Minnesota. The physicality at the point of attack was good. Jack Henderson had a great game on defense, a player who I was very high on coming in from the FCS level. He's starting to get that comfort level growing in the system. Like There were good things defensively throughout the game if you eliminate a couple of those mistakes. And offensively, if you hit on those big plays, I thought they blocked up the run game well. Uh, the execution was good up there. I didn't, you know, you didn't see a lot of mistakes from the offensive line. And Darius Taylor's gaining, I thought, he even improved from the first outing to the second one. Just seeing the field running with more consistent pad level, like he can still get better in those areas. But I mean, you look at the run game where it's at. I feel the biggest thing is now accuracy, anticipation, touch. And then also being able to 
you know, get to the point where your offense is effective off play action. There's the numbers are actually very fascinating when it comes to what the Gophers are doing on play action. They're not very efficient in that area. And when you're under center and using these, you know, play action boot looks, you got to be able to sell that play fake. So working on that, you know, they added that into the offense, Ross. And I don't think enough people are talking about, you know, they're a, they were a gun based team with the RPO and the play action out of the gun. Now you go under center, there's a lot more footwork and, you know, play fake stuff that you have to figure out. And, and they're definitely still working on that. On that execution, specifically in the passing game, the head football coach at the University of Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, spoke on that just a few days ago at his weekly presser. Execution sounds like a really cheap answer back to you, but it's truly just throwing it to the open guy. And it's, you know, we're, we're that close. Uh, if you go back and watch the film, we're a foot off on most throws. It's a little bit behind him. I can have four or five of those. We miss a read, which is an explosive play. We were off by about a foot uh, on another explosive throw. And these are the small increments that cost you a game in a, with, versus a top 20 team. It costs you the explosive plays. Uh, it's, we're not far off. Uh, but it's, it's not easy to win, and it's not easy to score points against really good defenses. Where would you say, House, because I agree with you, I think you and I were kind of in lockstep on the point of you're assuming a lot if you think this team's just going to show up and win 9-10 games with Athens inexperience or lack of experience. Doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it couldn't happen, but a lot would have to go right for that to happen. And I'm confident enough at this point in the season to say that's probably not going to happen. I thought this was a six, seven win team all along. I, I still believe that. I think the mission for this season is building blocks going forward into next season and seasons to follow. And let's win our six, seven games and get a bowl game. All that being said, where would you say at this point now, eight starts in roughly two seasons of appearances in or a season and a half, Where would you say the quarterback's development is at? And as we start to transition to talking about Northwestern, a good opportunity for him, I think, to put his worst performance period in a gopher uniform behind him. Yeah, it's, like I said, learning experiences. And yet they still, if they hit on those plays, they have a chance to win the game. I firmly believe that you nail even two of those balls that you missed. And then we didn't even talk about the Kramer pick where Jackson's coming out of the break wide open in the end zone. Let's just not about talk it about it. <laughs> I, I wrote about that on the website, the the pressure in his face on that play, you know, you got to be able to hold the protection when you're running that type of concept that they did and it releases it gets hit picked off. And you look at the win probability swings, it was like 19% win probability lost off the interceptions in that game. Two of which I think both could have potentially resulted in touchdowns. So if you hit those, what does the flow of the game look like? And you can't do that against these really good teams. You can get away with it against the Eastern Michigans of the world and opponents like that. But when you get those chances, you have to be able to execute in the pressure of that situation. So Ethan will learn from this, like you said, opportunity this week. I actually think that this is a good challenge for the Gophers in terms of coverage disguise because they're going to play some cover three single high safety. So some of the things that they saw last week, the play action crossers being able to hit on those when they're available, but the disguise nature of bronze defense, he's definitely brought that Tampa two flare 
cover two stuff that he used at North Dakota State over to Northwestern. And they'll show a single high and fan out into cover two. They'll buzz and rob the safeties down to try to get you baited into some mistakes. So you got to keep your eye on those underneath defenders and the safeties and make good reads and decisions throughout the game because you're going to get a mix of different coverage schemes. I look at it though, Ross, you're going to be able to run the ball on this team. Their front has been controlled at the line of scrimmage throughout uh, these games and the pass rush hasn't really been there for them. So this is a chance to work on that play action game, continue to get Darius Taylor experience and, and come out of there with some learning lessons that can help you as you push forward into these future games, because the next two you can experiment more. Well, for whatever it's worth, Daniel House, uh, the matchup predictor on ESPN.com gives the Gophers a 56.9% chance to beat Northwestern for whatever that's worth. I'd, I'd like to think it's a little bit higher, but as I tell you each and every week, I don't even know what that means. So, anywho, go for Coach P.J. Fleck on Northwestern. They've got weapons, and they know how to be able to put him in position. And, you know, number one's a dynamic player, and, and they're going to do everything they can to put the ball in his hands. Um, you know, they're going to do everything they can to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Uh, they're going to do everything they can to, to run the football um, any way they possibly can. Um, you can tell that that team has come close together. I mean, even maybe I'm not saying closer than they've been because I can't compare it to anything, but you can tell they there, there is no quit in that team. They play their tail ends off from the start till the end. I mean, it looks like a Northwestern football team with how hard they play from the beginning to the end, period. Ron Gardenhire would be proud of some of the uh, words and phrasing that PJ uses to describe <laughs> his opponents and sometimes his own team. Tigers, good ball club. They battle their tails off. That's That's what that reminded me of. Okay, on Northwestern, I think this is where things start to get interesting. You want to see the passing game get better, and you want to see Ethan build some confidence, and you want to see everybody get on the same page. However, at the end of the day, the name of the game is to win, and the Gophers to win the game are likely going to have to spend a lot of time working the clock, running the ball, but then, yes, you run the ball that, in theory, should open up some passing. I'm not quite sure this is going to be the game where you're going to see Ethan throw it 30 times and go 23 for 30 and throw for 275 yards. I think the Gophers are going to want to try and go in and do what they do well to assure that they leave Evanston 3-1 and and 2-0 and in the Big Ten. What do you make of what the Gophers might try and do offensively? And can Northwestern, even though um, ESPN tells us it might be a 50-50 toss-up, can Northwestern realistically do a lot against what we think is a really good Gophers defense? The offense Northwestern runs might be my least favorite in college football, if I'm being real. Like the the gadgety nature of it, where it's just jet sweep after jet sweep on first down and all the screens and misdirection and trying to get your eyes in a different spot. And I mean, the, the it every year the Gophers play those guys, it feels like it's one of those junkyard ball games where it's like they're trying trick plays and reverses and you know, trying to get your eyes moving in a different spot. So Minnesota has always adjusted quite well to that and handled it. I don't think Northwestern's offense can score at a big clip against Joe Rossi's defense. Like that's the big takeaway that I had. Ben Bryant, the quarterback has struggled throwing the ball 20 plus yards downfield. You look at the amount of turnover worthy plays 
on those specific passes, their receivers. They, it's interesting because they don't really they don't have any of their primary receivers over six feet tall. So they struggle to kind of get position on those deeper balls. But watch in the pocket because Ben Bryant had eight fumbles last year. He's got two already this year. So when you get to the top of the rush, you need to be swiping and going at the ball because his ball security has been a suspect. And those tackles, they have a tendency to overset. Uh, and, you know, so inside counters are going to be there. I think the Gophers pass rush will be the X factor in this game. And offensively, you mentioned like, running the ball. I do think they will run the ball quite a bit in this game, but I don't think, I think they're going to pass the ball maybe more than people are anticipating in this game, just to, just to get some reps on it and get Ethan's confidence back up and give him another chance to, to bounce back and, and apply some of the preparation that they've been working on this week to, to fix some of those things that didn't go well in the last game. Well, we've seen it plenty in the NFL. If you're a Vikings fan with Kirk cousins, it's been better in the last, handful of years and sometimes it's not all on the quarterback but how do you coach fumbling out of a quarterback when a a lot of it is not necessarily being able to hold on to the football it's more or less being aware that you're about to get clobbered from behind or that somebody's coming at you how do you coach fumbleitis out of a quarterback I don't I don't know man it's like you got to teach them when the rush is coming around to feel it and to secure the ball when when the pocket's collapsing, like those are some things that coaches can do to coach that out of a quarterback. But a lot of times when when you see college quarterbacks with that, it's a theme that continues throughout the course of, of their career. And Ben Bryant's one of those players that puts the ball on the ground a lot. I believe it's like 19th among FC, FBS quarterbacks last year. Uh, in fumbles so definitely something to watch in this game I guarantee you the Gophers will have at least two takeaways I look at last week Russ the defense gets two takeaways two interceptions and I I, if you'd have told me that is happening I'd have said man the Gophers are going to be you know have a chance to win this game but the other mistakes were just too much to overcome Looking at the two quarterbacks in this game house, the stats, just the stats are kind of incredible. They're the exact same. So you have Ethan Kaliak Mattis is thrown for one touchdown pass, three interceptions, 446 yards. Your guy Bryant has thrown for 408 touchdown or 408 <laughs> yards, two touchdowns and three interceptions. It's borderline the same stat line. And you can argue Aside from Minnesota getting North Carolina, they've played a similar value of opponent aside from the one game where Minnesota got North Carolina, Northwestern's lone win coming at home against UTEP 38 to seven. They're coming off of a loss to Duke, who we all believe to be pretty good. So here's my thought on Northwestern. I think they're bad, but they're not as bad as I expected them to be through three games. And it's not an entirely... The word that people love to use or the term is loser proof. This is not entirely loser proof to me. You can go on the road and lose this game. It's Evanston. I don't expect the crowd to be super jacked. I expect there to be a lot of Minnesota fans there. The rare night game element adds something to it. So maybe the Gophers will have to withstand a little surge at the beginning of the game. But this game could get tricky right now. The line is 11 and a half in favor of the Gophers. I don't know if I'd take that. I feel like I say that every week on the podcast, though. I expect the Gophers to win. Do I think they'll win by 10 or more? I don't know. It's it's the same thing I always say, especially with a team that I believe we're seeing is a little bit offensively challenged. 
just go there, find a way to win a game and feel good about yourself when you leave. I do believe Northwestern is better than they were the previous two seasons, especially last year. Uh, I don't think it's like a substantial difference, but you can notice a small improvement because I think the defensive scheme is slightly better than it was previously. Well, O'Neal left, and then now you got Braun taking over, who I think has done some good things schematically. They just don't have the horses, in my opinion, like especially skill-wise across the offense. And then, you know, being on the defensive side, the pass rush is not quite there yet. So this is a game where I believe Minnesota controls the line of scrimmage, and then that will allow them to try some things and hopefully – the offensive staff and Fleck put Ethan in those situations to execute those type of plays so he can gain experience ahead of the Big Ten slate because the plays were there. The plays were there. I stand by it. I'm telling you, if you make a couple of those that were set up at the right time, that game might have looked different. Well, let's close with this. The 6.30 slate on Saturday night in the Big Ten Pretty juicy aside from Northwestern and Minnesota. I don't love the start time. I'll be honest about that. I don't love that we're bringing in lights to a stadium that doesn't even have lighting. The whole thing to me is just odd. If Northwestern wants to play a night game, I feel like that should be saved for maybe Illinois, Ohio State, or Michigan. But hey, whatever. The schedule is the schedule. You play when they tell you to. So you have Minnesota and Northwestern at 630. Also at 6.30, Iowa is at Penn State. Ohio State is at Notre Dame in what is likely to be, or at least should be, the game of the day, you would like to think. A fun little Saturday in the Big Ten. It's a fun Saturday across college football. Colorado and Oregon. You got Florida State and Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, you know, Iowa, Penn State. I don't get the scheduling here, what the Big Ten was doing. Like, why are you putting Ohio State, and Notre Dame up against Penn State and Iowa and then running another primetime game in Minnesota Northwestern up against it. Like, you'd never see that in the NFL. You don't think the masses in the southern part of the state are clamoring for Northwestern and Minnesota on BTN? Well, I just, I'm not even, like, like talking about the quality of the game. It's just, like, structure your game so that you get the maximum viewership throughout the whole day. 100%. 100%. The Big Ten Network loves to do this, though, and I'm not trying to demean the Gophers or Northwestern, but look at the Big Ten Network schedule throughout the season. There is always a game, and I'm you know me, I'm a college football nut. I was up till 2 a.m. last Saturday watching all the games finish, including a couple games on CBS Sports, uh, not even just uh, Colorado and Colorado State. The Big Ten loves to do this. It's always like, Michigan at Rutgers, Indiana hosting Wisconsin. You know, they'll always do these weird games on a Saturday night. And I always think, aside from those fan bases, nobody's really checking in on that game. Because, look, if I'm not checking in on that game, I can tell you the common fan really isn't. Well, yeah, and I I just, I I don't think they're getting their maximum investment by putting the games in those, those time slots. But I'll be... I'll be enjoying the game no matter what. I'll keep my eyes on on the other ones and and watch everything. So final final quick one for you. We're recording this on Thursday. Wisconsin actually travels to Ross Aid Stadium on Friday. Both teams uh, kind of limping out of the gate here, and I think maybe that's to be expected with new coaching staffs. Right. Wisconsin still seems a little challenged offensively. 
seems like things are not quite clicking yet offensively there especially in the passing game just trying to get used to breaking into grass and some of the things that the freedoms that the receiver and the quarterback have in that system it takes some time to understand how the whole thing works i look at wisconsin secondary i thought they got exposed against georgia southern unbelievable game where it's like six turnovers and the quarterback throws like five picks I was the ball just, up for grabs. I was just going to ask you if you've ever seen a weirder stat line than uh, Davis Brin or David Brin, it might be. One touchdown pass, five interceptions, 383 passing yards. That's Absolutely a, crazy. That's impossible to do. I I feel like Wisconsin secondary is going to get exposed in the in the Big Ten. This is the first game where they're going to have some challenges of like Dion handling Dion Burks and Hudson Carter. I I believe has played maybe you could argue the best overall start to the season of of any of the quarterbacks in the in the Big Ten West. So how will Wisconsin secondary handle Purdue's passing attack is the takeaway that I have because if Wisconsin plays better teams these first few games. Uh, it might have been a different outcome in a couple of those. And the first, I mean, they lost to Washington State, but I mean, I look at Purdue and Wisconsin. It seems like Purdue's passing attack is a mismatch versus Wisconsin secondary. So watch that during the game. What can you tell me about what is currently at gophersguru.com you want people to check out? You can check out the piece on execution from the North Carolina game inside the play designs, why the play designs that were drawn up were effective. It just didn't hit on them. And then a preview of the Northwestern game dropped detailed insight on what you should watch for throughout the game on Saturday night. 10 seconds or less. Are your Minnesota Vikings victorious on Sunday? It will be a crazy game, but I do think the Vikings will win right at the end. It helps that they're at home. I would think if they don't win on Sunday, Oi, let the draft preview begin. Daniel, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll do it again next week when we review Northwestern and preview Louisiana. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> That's Daniel House, gophersguru.com, at Daniel House MN on the Twitter slash X machine. That will do it for edition number 182. Please rate and review on Apple and Spotify. Please follow the pod on YouTube. And most importantly, Please tell your family and friends, uh, share this pod with them. That would mean a lot to me and the guests on this pod. I'm Ross Brendel. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again in this feed next week.